the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you tonight. And uh, I have to tell you, these are some busy days. I don't know. I hope you've been watching some or all of it over at EagleCountdown.com. You'll see that we're streaming live four hours of special programming. Again, it's Ed Martin. Uh, the Ed Martin uh, uh, Phyllis Schlafly Eagles is what I was going to tell you about. I, I run an organization called the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, and we have each year annually, each year, each September, our big Eagle Council. It's again gathering of hundreds of key conservatives. They get together. We talk about what's happening. We plan for the future and we usually rush towards the finish line if it's an election year. Well, this year we're, we're hamstrung by the COVID situation. We had to delay our Eagle Council till January of next year. But before then, we realized we still want to get together. We have the technology. People are savvy, more savvy than even six months ago. And so what we've done is we've organized Eagle Countdown, which is an online effort. It's a virtual effort. You can go to EagleCountdown.com right now, and you can see everything that's going on. And what we're doing there is basically we're looking at what's happening. We're strategizing about what's upcoming. And we have two sort of key threads that are running through. One is called Promises Kept. I've talked about it for weeks with you. What is it that after four years we can say about the Trump administration? What are the successes? What are the what's the deal? Right. What, and when someone says, well, you're for Trump uh, to be reelected, what has he done? Promises kept is we're asking every guest. We had David Horowitz on last night. We'll have Senator Chuck Grassley, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, Senator Rand Paul, uh, Congressman Steve King will be here. We got all kinds of Rachel Brovard, uh, Mike Davis, all experts, people that know the fields of all different kinds of things. And we'll say, hey, what Lee Smith? Oh, man, what a great writer he is. He was on last night. And we'll say, what is it that you um, you think that we are um doing that where is happening that you should make an argument that the promises kept was real was successful was uh, important and so it's really cool but the second question is we call it eagle countdown america on the brink and the question is what do we do for the next 42 days what do we do for the next 42 days and after that and when you're sitting with uh, Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote, she was on uh, yesterday, too, on EagleCountdown.com. And she says, hey, here's the steps you have to take to protect the vote. It's powerful. It's motivating. It's really good. So uh, uh, please feel free to go over to EagleCountdown.com. Totally free. Uh, you can go and, and live stream everything. Tonight, we'll have uh, the director of the Patent Office, which is very important stuff. Director Andre Yanku, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, Mike Davis. Oh, Roger Stone is going to be on tonight. Uh, Jack Pasoba will be on at Jack Posobiec. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Um, and then Senator Danes, uh, as well as we will tonight give an award to Sidney Powell, the General Jack Singlob Award for Service to America will be awarded to Sidney Powell. He is one of the most decorated, heroic American fighters, soldiers in Army, uh, ended up an Army general. He's still alive. He's in his late 90s, General Singlob. He fought in World War II. He fought in Korea, fought in Vietnam, served at the highest levels. He had the distinction of getting fired by Jimmy Carter, which is really smart. Um, and he went on in the Cold War in the 80s to fight. He's been leading the efforts to talk about American exceptionalism. General Singlob 
We have this award we created with him. We gave the first one to General Flynn, and uh, we are giving the one tonight. General Flynn, who's close friends with uh, General Singlob, are gonna is gonna. Um, we we helped identify who to give it to, and the person that seemed most deserving was Sidney Powell. You know, for her service to General Flynn, it might have been enough. But if you look at her career, for about 15 years, she's been writing about the problem of abuse of the Justice Department of We the People. And then she did something about it. She wrote a book. She spoke loudly. People started to hear it. I remember about two years ago, Newt Gingrich said to me, you got to read this book, uh, License to Lie by Sidney Powell. two and a half years ago. And I said, this is unbelievable. And we had her on a radio show. We had her at Eagle events. We took her down to Florida with us to speak to a bunch of our Eagle leaders. And Sydney was a voice saying, hey, the swamp is trying to swallow up we the people, not just Flynn. And yet when she was able to go ahead and represent Flynn, she made a monstrous difference, a huge difference in his life and in what he's doing. It was extraordinary. It was really, really cool and really important. And um, she's wonderful. So we're excited to honor her with the Jack Singlob Award, uh, General Jack Singlob Award for Service to America. So you're going to want to tune in for that. Again, it's EagleCountdown.com, EagleCountdown.com. Let me cover a few other things. In the headline of this, I did a Periscope. By the way, EagleCountdown.com, you can go to EagleCountdown.com or YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Do a search. You'll find us. We're all streaming in all those places online at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Uh, uh, Central time. So you, t- you missed today's two. Uh, tomorrow we'll have another great uh, uh, show with uh, Senator Ted Cruz tomorrow and uh, uh, Paul Teller, uh, Grover Norquist, uh, Joe Flynn will be on. Uh, so come on down tomorrow, uh, Eagle Council, Eagle Countdown. And you can find the replay of it around, too. So I look forward to having you be a part of that. Um, Now, let me cover some more ground. I wrote in my Periscope that I posted earlier today. I mean, I wrote in the title and I spoke about it. The kindness of Donald Trump. And I wanted to point this out because I know it's true in politics and life. People say once you have sincerity, once you can fake sincerity, you have it made. That's an old uh, Bill Clinton line. And I I believe it. I was in a room with Bill Clinton once and um, he was amazing. He was amazing. Um, He was it was him and Pope John Paul II and about three other people and me. And he was amazing. He was he seemed like he had been a, like a Catholic all his life. So deferential, so kind. I was like, wow, he's really a good guy. Of course, it's a total put on, I suspect. But it is what it was. I mean, it is. I could just describe it for you. But um, Donald Trump four years ago right now came off the campaign trail and came to St. Louis to attend the funeral of Phyllis Schlafly, who died on September 5th, 2016. And I was working for her at the time. I organized the funeral with her family and helped uh, with all this stuff. And, and Donald Trump not only took a day off of the campaign trail, a full day on a Saturday, eight weeks before the election, but he came in and he wanted to spend time with the family. He wanted to see the casket. And he, he did speak briefly, but he, he, was, he was smart enough. And he, I, I was told by his team, it was his idea to speak before mass, before church services, because it would have disrupted the thing to have him there the whole time. So he spoke briefly and went out the side door and uh, things went on from there. My point here is the kindness he showed to the family uh, and appreciation for Phyllis was noteworthy let's say that i i saw it and i thought wow this is a good guy doing something um and people can see it two nights ago last night on uh, on eagle countdown uh the eagle countdown i had uh, we had virtually on the show a guy named ron kessler who's written about 12 books the last one about the trump white house he's a personal friend of donald trump for 20 years 25 years i think back when trump first started going down to mar-a-lago in west palm beach that's when ron kessler and his wife had a summer place down there and they became friends 
And Ron Kessler said, everybody that knows Trump knows he's got an out an outside appearance, his his branded bravado real estate guy. And that's one thing. But the people that know him know that he is actually in private a really good guy and kind of a quieter guy and someone who is um, is is not particularly like that public persona. And people talk about that and they talk about uh, the difference between the two. And here's what I want to tell you. I kind of want to walk you through this. Um, when the president and I, I've, I've talked about it multiple times and I'll mention it again, though, but I, I was stunned. I was watching with my wife when the president walked over to Air Force One on on Friday. And he was confronted with the fact that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had died. And he said, holy cow. um, Wow, is what he said. And then he said, what an amazing lady. Uh, What an amazing life she led, even if you didn't agree with her. And um, it was pretty striking. And then just this morning, he was on Fox News and he announced that he is not going to name his uh, the successor to Ginsburg until after the services, which I think are Thursday and Friday. And again, it's a little thing. But it strikes me as an indication of the sort of quality uh, of the guy. It's a quality of his person. It's kind of the way he approaches things. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I mean, you know, it's like the Herschel Walker speech. When Herschel Walker spoke and he is uh, talking about how he's been friends for 37 years with Trump and he's, you know, people that say he's a racist now, it's just hard for Herschel Walker. To, he takes it as a personal affront because it just doesn't match with what he knows. That's very persuasive. That's a really a persuasive thing. Um, and it, it makes me pause and um, and think that he's got more quality in, in a way. And, and here's the thing. It, I think at the election coming up in a few months, uh, in a few months, in a few weeks, people start to go towards the polls and they relate to the quality of the person. And I think one of the reasons Biden is an attractive candidate for the Democrats, I don't agree with his politics and all, is that people know the type. You know, they know the type of guy and they're like, OK, you know, they know the type of guy. It's uh, it is what it is. And they kind of he's he's kind of a friendly old coot, you know, Uncle Joe and all. He's not the maybe not the sharpest guy, but he's an honorable guy. I think it's all changing a lot because of his positions he's had to take and the flip flopping and the politics. But they relate to they know the sort of they, they get an impression. You know, my wife will often say that politics campaigns are a, a, a um, popularity contest and uh, and that the popularity contest is uh, how people relate. You know, the uh, and I think that Trump has now had a number of these instances where he he has conduct that sort of, I don't know, um, gives him a little softness. It makes a big difference. So uh, watch for that, how people relate to him and, and what's happening. I think it's shaping up, by the way, to be a total landslide. Um, and uh, I just don't know how it isn't. But all right, let me go last and finish up with this. Uh, I want to highlight that um, to, uh, at the Eagle Countdown, uh, we're giving an award and we'll put this up on social media. Sidney Powell, the great Sidney Powell, who's written some great books and is a leader, legal leader before she became the lawyer for General Flynn. We're giving an award tonight and it's called the General Jack Singlob Award for Service to America. And uh, Sidney Powell deserves it. But the first recipient was General Mike Flynn. And Mike Flynn is friends with the nearly 100 year old General Jack Singlob who lives down in Tennessee. General Singlob was in World War II, Korean War, uh, Vietnam, and then served throughout the 70s and even served outside of office, uh, left the military, served in the Cold War in the battles uh, in the 80s. Great friend of Phyllis Schlafly's. But General Singlob and and uh, General Flynn decide who gets this award. They, they decided to give it this year to Sidney Powell 
for her service to America. Here's what I want to mention to you. When she gets this award, she should get it just for helping General Flynn get from out from under his terrible ordeal. But she also deserves it because for about 15 years, she's been shining a light on the question of the abuse of we the people by the Justice Department in particular by some of these lawyers, Andrew Weissman and others. And she's written about it. She wrote a book, License to Lie. And about two and a half, three years ago, probably two and a half years ago, Newt Gingrich told me about uh, Sidney Powell's book. And he said, you got to read this. And I did. And we had her at our Eagle events. And she started writing and talking. Uh, or she, she, was, she had been writing, but she, she started speaking about what she saw and what the problem was. And she really was a... Um, she was a, 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 a kind of um, a leading voice on what was happening and how to change things or how to address things. And then she went in to help uh, General Flynn, and it's been extraordinary. And it's what a gift that he, he got her serving. So she'll be getting this award tonight. I hope you'll, you'll find that video. We're going to show her there, and we will, um, we will be highlighting that. And I know General Flynn is really excited. He can't be down here, uh, but it's really cool. So that'll be fun. Sydney Powell, a great American woman and a great leader and a legal eagle. And I'll tell you, in a second term of Donald Donald Trump's presidency. I think she's going to do some wonderful things. Even if she's not in the government, her voice will be listened to in a way that it has only started to be uh, in this country. So, all right, we got to take a break. We got Selena Zito in a moment. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Uh, come on back and don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com. Be right back, Ed Martin. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, 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 welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And our next guest is our old friend Jordan Henry, who is the research director for the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. He's got two new titles. One is he's the lead coordinator. I don't know what you call that, uh, Jordan, the director, something of the Eagle Countdown, which has been a huge success already. We've had two nights of it, two uh, almost four, a little bit more than four hours each night, eight hours total with four more hours tomorrow, uh, Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time for four more hours. You can, Ted Cruz will be in. We'll have a Paul Teller, a number of guests. So uh, eaglecountdown.com, as I've told you a couple times. He also is the author with me. He co-authored with me the, the book uh, Promises Made, Promises Kept, which uh, I hope you get a copy of. PMPK2020.com, Promises Made, Promises Kept, Top 100 Trump uh, Promises Kept. It's pretty cool and some great speeches. And so, uh, first of all, Jordan, let me ask you um, about a virtual event. I mean, Eagle Countdown is not a replacement for Eagle Council. We delayed that till January. But what do you? How do you convert interest in the issues and in what's going on into a virtual program? Is it? Is it? You know, what? What kind of? What? What do you hope to have happen? Is it people watching and being exposed, signing up? Is it questions and answers? What's? How does a virtual sort of get together? What's? How do you measure success? What's success for you? Well, success for me, I guess, would probably be just to educate as many leaders as we can uh, about the issues that they care about. Not just to have a bunch of people on a live stream, but to have a bunch of people on a live stream uh, that can uh, that can learn how to be more effective advocates for the values that uh, that they're passionate about. And that's, a, I think, really what we're going for. What sets us apart. Uh, is the fact that we are being very practical, very honest with people. This is all about how you can get the message out, how you can spread the word about the values you care about, and to uh, kind of put that into the context, into the frame of uh, of the 
promises that President Trump has made and kept. And that's just what we have seen as a good educational tool to, uh, to share with people who aren't informed about politics about the issues. So this is about taking leaders, uh, training for leaders. So if you are a leader or if you want to be a leader bringing other people into the conservative movement, then Eagle Countdown is the place for you to get the training you need. Well, and EagleCountdown.com, you go there, and it's live tomorrow, uh, 1 o'clock Pacific time till 5 o'clock. I think I might have said that wrong earlier, 1 to 5 Pacific time. But you also can find all this content we're doing online. It's a free thing. It's not We're not hiding it. We're not putting on, hiding our light under a bushel basket, and that's one of the things I think is unique about this. All right, well, Jordan, um, you helped write this book. You and I put this together, Promises Made, Promises Kept. One of the questions we've asked every speaker who's come into the Eagle Countdown, whether by Skype or in person, you know, Sidney Powell in person, Senator Grassley in person. We had, uh, oh, I know one, David Horowitz was on Skype, and I asked David Horowitz, what's your favorite promise kept? The Trump administration, the Trump campaign, the Trump, and I thought, well, here comes Horowitz. He's going to say, you know, fighting the bad guys and the fake news, and he actually answered the economy, and he said, I, I guess I always, I now realize that that the other presidents, Democrats and Republicans, were just full of it. And Trump really did take the economy and, and hypercharge. This is David Horowitz. I kind of expected, you know, you ask a question. Uh, we asked uh, Barry Sullivan, a, a pro-life leader, about it. And he said, of course, uh, you know, defunding Planned Parenthood and some of the positions for pro-life. There's lots of What's your favorite promise kept or maybe one better? You have a lot of them. What's the one you think is maybe worth noting or people don't know or give us some insight into your kind of one that stands out for you? Well, Ed, obviously, like you said, there's just so many you could pick from. But if I had to pick just one, for me, it would have to be uh, picking judges that uh, abide by the Constitution. And and I'm not just talking about the Supreme Court either. We have seen hundreds and hundreds of judges that have been passed through, uh, through uh, well, uh, just... just uh, just uh, earlier, we had on uh, onto Eagle Countdown. We had uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, and uh, obviously, he's a man who has done so much to get so many good judges through the judiciary, and and that has been so uh, fundamental in its transformation transformation of America for decades and decades. Conservatives have been complaining about how the courts just overrule us on everything for for decades now, but especially here within the last one or two decades. And and so this was something that absolutely had to happen. And President Trump could have just let that fade away into the background and focus on the issues that were more flashy and in the news. But he wanted to take strong action that was fundamentally transformative to make the, the process more fair for everybody. And he followed through on that, picking good judges, pro-life judges, pro-Second Amendment judges. And of course, we all know about his, his promise to pick off of his uh, list for Supreme Court justices. So uh, just his his work on judges and keeping all those promises has been so incredible. Well, and I, and I, I should. I know uh, we're talking with Jordan Henry. Jordan Henry is a research director at the Phyllis Schlafly Center. And in uh, the, the summer of 2016, 
2018, he was there in Cleveland. Jordan was with Phyllis Schlafly, as I was at the convention where the platform was uh, hammered out and is so conservative. But a few months before that, uh, Phyllis Schlafly and I and Donald Trump, the candidate, on uh, March 11, 2016 met. That was what Phyllis Schlafly asked about. She said, will you appoint judges like Scalia and like Thomas? And he said, Trump said, yes, I will. Soon after, he put that list out and then he's picked from it. And, you know, look, I, I, I tell people there's been almost 300 judges by the end of the year, two and a half Supreme Court justices. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. So we talked about earlier. And um, I'd say 99 percent are are rock solid. Every now and then you got this horse trading that goes on when people are uh, making judges. You got to get senators and all. So you get some people that slip through, but pretty darn good. Uh, okay, Jordan, tell our people uh, there's 42 days left. You've been hearing from all these participants what to do uh, in the next 42 days. A- point them to some places to go, some maybe resources, could be ours, meaning the Village Staff Eagles, could be others, of places where they can go to find out more to do down the stretch. Well, if you want to know what people need to be doing right now, what I think that everyone in America needs to be doing is uh, exploring your availability to do things like um, be a poll watcher or a poll worker, uh, and you can get in touch with your uh, your secretary of state, your local uh, political party, anything like that to get involved in that. Uh, find find a, find a campaign that you uh, that you identify with, someone who's speaking your values. Work a campaign. Just make some calls, do some door knocking. Anything like that can be very helpful. And I know that sounds kind of trite, but it's that boots on the ground that can really make the difference in uh, the energy for any campaign. Well, and down the stretch, you know, 42 days left, uh, a lot of folks we had uh, on the show, I guess, um, yesterday, it feels like a lifetime ago, so uh, on Monday, uh, Catherine uh, Engelbrecht, I always want to say Engelbright, wasn't she like the St. Louis artist? Anyway, uh, Kath- Mary Engelbright, that's the one who's like an artist. And Catherine Engelbrecht does True the Vote, True the Vote, and you go to truethevote.org, and here's the thing, there's a lot there on what you can do. But one of the things you can do there is is search for your election authority, whether it's your town or your county, and see how to sign up. I'm scheduled to go. I can't wait to report back to you on Friday morning to do a training with my county to be a, a set up as a poll a poll worker. Um, so I'll, I'll report back on that. Ours is in person in Northern Virginia, where I live now. So uh, we'll find out more about that. But all right, Jordan, congratulations on Eagle Countdown. Thanks for the report on it. We'll uh, look forward to hearing more. And again, Eagle Countdown. Com is the website for tomorrow. You can watch it Wednesday. We'll have another full session. Also, you can do a search for Eagle Countdown and you will start to see the individual segments from the whole time. We'll be putting them up and out. And one thing, oh, I should say one thing, Jordan, uh, Henry, we didn't talk about. We uh, we asked a bunch of senators and congressmen to give us a quick video uh, if they can't be with us. And we have, I don't know, 30, 40 of these senators and congressmen who say, here's my favorite promise kept. And again, it'll surprise you a little bit sometimes that what they say. But it, here's the thing. It helps arm you for what the argument's about. So, all right, we got to take a break. We'll come back and wrap things up. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend Selena Zito is with us. Go to selenazito.com and sign up there. It's the best way to get all of her writings wherever they are all across the uh, many platforms. The New York Post, the Washington Examiner. She's a contributor at CNN. And I, I, I want to remind you, her book is out in paper back, I think last, maybe last fall, could have been lo- a little bit longer than that, but it's called The Great Revolt, Inside the Populist Coalition, Reshaping American Politics. It's very interesting. Selena Zito, of course, 
course, a well-known journalist. Her, her co-author in this is Brad Todd, who's really known as a political guy, uh, managed campaigns and consultant and, and was looking at the data. Uh, so, Selena, before we get to anything else, um, what is the populist coalition that you see now? We're, we're, we're 40-something days from the election. Where are those coalitions? And, and are they upended? Are they settled in? Is it what's, What have you seen since that book uh, and, and what you saw in 2016? Well, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, so in terms of this conservative populist coalition that uh, formed, actually was forming long before Trump became president, he just sort of mm-hmm. um, uh, led it in. Um, it is it is solid out there. Uh, you know, not much has changed in terms of who makes up that coalition. Uh, I would argue that uh, in 2018, we saw some of those suburban voters shed off uh, without Trump at the top of the ticket. But also midterms are traditionally uh, vehicles for voters to put brake pedals on uh, Barack Obama as president was elected, you know, vibrantly yeah. in 28, in yep. 2008 and 2012. But both his midterms had had historic losses. Uh, so mm-hmm. voters just tend to do that in midterms. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I would also argue that rural voters, many of them are skeptical of Trump, both Democrats, Republicans, and as well as um, independent rural uh, small town voters. Uh, I see a robust um, expansion of those voters in support of the president. Uh, they weren't quite sure what to make of him. Many of them thought he talked more like a liberal New York Democrat than a Republican as a candidate. Uh, but now that they have seen is what he has delivered, they are happy with with those results. And you see, you know, I've been in Pennsylvania where several, a couple of counties have flipped voter registration, long-time Democratic strongholds, and are now have more registered Republicans. These are more post-industrial, rust belt, and rural uh, counties. While they do not have the large populations that Philadelphia has and her caller counties, if enough of them show up, if about 1% more people show up in these smaller counties, it can offset whatever happens in uh, Philadelphia suburbs. Well, and we're talking yeah. with Selena Zito. So, Selena, if you, you you were you were literally, I'd say the most prominent journalist writing in fifteen and sixteen about what you saw with the voters, which made you say, "Hey, Trump's got a much better chance." I don't know if you ever were saying he's going to win, but you were saying you're you're misreading the voters. So, right now, all of the media, everybody is basically saying Biden's up and he's got a clear path to victory. It feels to me like Biden's not up, and I don't know how he gets to victory because I don't see any substantial shift away by Trump voters. There's a few more never-Trumpers, but they didn't vote for him anyway. But but I actually I think there's many more uh, Hispanic, African-Americans, uh, 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 other Democrat-leaning type of people who are saying, I like his direction. Is it possible that this is a actually a, a, a sort of a landslide in the making that the media is just blind to covering? Well, I don't know it's possible to have a landslide today in America just because how divided we are. Having said Mm. that, I think that Biden is um, is uh, 
is ha, was up, you know, strongly in maybe June uh, and July, and I think his support has slipped uh, dramatically. And Mm -hmm. uh, much of that has to do with him, you know, being out now. Now that he's out and about, people are like, oh, okay, well, maybe I don't want this guy. (laughs) Uh, And it doesn't necessarily mean, though, that they're going to go for Trump. They just might sit it out. Uh, I would Mm -hmm. say in, in, in a state like Pennsylvania and where I live in Wisconsin, uh, these are uh, race. These are t- states where the, the race is in a statistical tie because of the polls are in the margin of error. And I would keep right. my eye on Pennsylvania and on uh, Wisconsin because these states are more Democratic than North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, and Michigan. So if they, uh, well, Pennsylvania is not Wisconsin, but if they are, tr- if it's a tie game heading into election night, then it's more likely that Trump's going to win um, uh, the election. So those are the two states I essentially pay attention to. And there's two sleeper states. I wrote about this um, today in uh, uh, Minnesota and New Hampshire, where Trump narrowly lost in 2016, and circumstances may push him to win those states. I mean, we might see him win um, Minnesota and New Hampshire and maybe lose Georgia. Like, it's just a weird, you know, um, upside-down world. But, you know, uh, keep your eyes on Pennsylvania. If it's it's a tie game going into election night, it's more likely that Trump is going to win than not. But, by the way, we are not going to know election night. We're not going to know a week after election night. It's going to be at least 10 days, 10 to 14 days. So November 3rd is not the day we know. Yeah, we're talking with Selena Zito, and go to selenazito.com and sign up because she'll send you an email when her columns uh, post in the different places they're at. Let me, that's what I want to ask you about next, Selena. You've seen a lot of this. You also, this is the thing I think is most valuable about the answer to this question. You've spent a lot of time listening to voters in places that are, for lack of a better term, Trump country and Trump voters. You get, a, And I think we all can see what's happening when people are burning buildings in Minnesota. We can recognize, you know, what that is. What happens if this election goes and it is a tie effectively and it becomes litigation and street uh, uh, exhibition by the Democrats? They've signaled they have 800 lawyers. They're going to litigate. They're going to make it about race, all this kind of stuff. Where do the Trump voters fit in in terms of their uh, energy and anxiety? Because I think what's missing for people is you don't see a lot of violence from Trump voters. You don't see a lot of misplaced energy from them, but that's because because they have the White House. And if it feels to them like the guy is going to be uh, pushed out by, uh, a, you know, a couple of suitcases full of votes in Minnesota, like Al Franken did to Norm Coleman, where do we end up? I mean, what's your feeling on on the on this uh, this possibility of a prolonged, uh, you know, kind of a battle over hanging chads or in this case, it'll be over mail in ballots and what that will do to the country? Uh, it's going to look pretty much like it looks right now, chaotic, unstable. Um, but I, 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 I would imagine that the people that go out and, and look, when the, when the Republicans had no power in Washington, right, when they had right. 
Uh, they didn't have the presidency. They didn't have the um, the House. They didn't have the Senate. They didn't have the governor's um, races. The, the Tea Party didn't go out and burn things. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can't imagine that that's going to be because they were as short as the um, the the babies of this populist uh, movement. I don't anticipate right. that coming from Republican voters. It's just not part of how they demonstrate their um, their um, sentiments about about what's right. happening. Frustration. Uh, but yeah. I do yeah. anticipate that 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 you will still see the same characters, the same cast of characters that have been both protesting and rioting, putting their uh, putting their mark um, on social media and in the streets in the cities um, across the country. Uh, SelenaZito.com. One more question, Selena. Uh, you watched uh, the other night CNN Town Hall softball fest for Biden in Scranton, I think. A couple weeks from now, the debates. Um, does does Are there voters out there who are sitting there that either don't have an answer to who to vote for or are waiting for a way to say, well, I don't love Trump's tweets, but I'm going to vote for him, that are going to be persuaded by uh, what can only be described as an uneven performance by Joe Biden in public? It's not It's not normal for a big league top-notch senator type to, to to yammer and stumble like he does is that going to have any effect or is it are we back to what you said we're already divided it's not going to make much difference it'll maybe change one percent of the vote but honestly that could decide it um here's here's the thing uh, I, I am not of the school of Joe Biden. Donald Trump's going to wipe the floor with with um, Joe Biden in the Biden debate. In the deb- um, yep. Uh, he's he's an accomplished debater, uh, and and you can find a way, even if you aren't at peak performance, to deliver something that can be folksy and charming. And I think that's where he's going to go with this. And right. and he'll be safe because it'll make um, his voters feel safe. So right. uh, I don't I don't know if, if the debates are going to be the deciding forum for this. Hmm. Uh, I think outside forces that neither men have control of are more likely to have um, an impact than a debate. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Selena Zito, thank you as always. SelenaZito.com. Check it out. I got to run. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Tomorrow is the anniversary of some of the most famous words in American history. It was on September 22, 1776, that a 21-year-old man named Nathan Hale was hanged by the British and uttered the great words, I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. Nathan Hale graduated from Yale with first-class honors at age 18. He was a teacher in a local grammar school who volunteered to serve in George Washington's army. 
1776, Washington called for a brave volunteer to take on the mission of going as a spy behind enemy lines to find out the location of the anticipated attack by the British. This was such a dangerous mission that Nathan Hale was the only one who volunteered. He volunteered to penetrate the British line at Long Island and left on his mission on September 8, 1776. Hale was captured by the British on his return to the American forces. The very next morning, without any trial, Nathan Hale was hanged from an apple tree in an orchard near what are now the streets of East Broadway and Market in New York City. No one knows where his body was buried. A life-size statue of Nathan Hale stands at Yale University, and at least a half a dozen copies of that statue are in other prominent places, particularly and most appropriately at the CIA headquarters, and also in front of the Chicago Tribune building in Chicago. Nathan Hale's great-nephew, the well-known author Edward Everett Hale, later wrote, We are God's children, you and I, and we have our duties. Thank God I come from men who are not afraid in battle. Every schoolchild should know the name and famous words of Nathan Hale, because he is the kind of man who won our independence for us. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Whether it's the vision of our founding fathers, the courage of our veterans, the moral compass of Christopher Columbus, or the fortitude of presidents like Lincoln and Reagan, the truth of history should not be undercut by liberal ideology. At Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, we honor history even as we look to the future. Join us at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. And we got to wrap things up. And I was asking earlier, you heard me talking to Jordan Henry. The question is for people is, what do I do right now to participate in what's coming up? You know, lots of people have been helping with voter registration. Our friend Woody Woodrum has been on the program before. He's the head of the California Screaming Eagles, getting uh, information out about issues and all. But here's the challenge I want to tell you about. I want to, I remember we've been talking for about a week and a half about being a poll watcher or a poll worker. I'm going on Friday this week to get trained according to what they tell me in my county. And But here's, I want to shortcut it for you. Remember I told you there's three steps you have to do. Number one is get the day off of work or make sure your family can handle the schedule, you know, some of us, um, I often am uh, called upon to do uh, different <laughs> carpooling duties with my kids and all. So you got to get the day off so you can be able to do it. Okay, that's one. But number two is find out in your county or municipality what to do, where to go. This is where I've got a shortcut for you. TrueTheVote.org, TrueTheVote.org, Catherine Engelbrecht's organization, has a shortcut for you to be able to go ahead and uh, find out. If you go to TrueTheVote.org, they have a menu. You can drop down and find out your just what your county is or your city, and you'll get the contact information. You'll get the rules and contact them. Now, the, third, the, second, the second part of that subset is if you can't get satisfaction through your county or municipality, contact your local party, and the party will be able to make you into some kind of poll watcher or poll worker by its own designation, 
or help you get through the system. So those are the steps you need to take. And look, uh, truethevote.org, Catherine Engelbrecht was on uh, the Eagle Countdown uh, the other day, and she walked through some of the scenarios of why we have to do more than just vote. Because one of the scenarios that she thinks is very possible, in fact, she called it likely, is that the left is going to try not just to mess up um, the um, the elections in the battleground states, you know, like a Pennsylvania or uh, or uh, Michigan or Florida, but they're actually going to do it in reliably red states where it's possible because if you muck up a, a, a thing, now watch this, this is important. Now, John Schlafly was filling me in on the details. The, the elect electoral college in order to be the elected president by the electoral college the candidate must receive a majority of the electoral college not a majority of those voting in the electoral college so let's say texas ends up with chaos that makes it so from november 3rd until december 8th when they must certify who the electoral college uh, representatives are from texas they can't decide and they don't place anyone well if texas doesn't get to vote in the Electoral College because they're fighting over it in legal battles and different lawsuits and a lack of clarity and chaos. If that happens, Texas isn't voting. Well, whoever the Donald Trump needs to get a majority of all the electoral votes, Electoral College votes, not a majority of those present, if you see my point. So you take a big chunk out and you cause it, um, uh, you basically make it impossible to get through the Electoral College. And that should be the primary focus, the Electoral College. So back to my point here. If you go to truethevote.org, Catherine Engelbrecht has a great video, 28 minutes long. It's a little bit long. I told her that. I said probably could have got away with about 15 minutes, but 28 minutes marches through all the different ways that the election process is challenged, and it should sober you up. And maybe drive you to my third step, right? My three steps are get the day off of work or make sure your life is adjusted so you can be a poll worker, poll watcher. Number two, find out from your county how to be a poll watcher, get signed up and do it. And number three is get your mind around what this is. It's not uh, just a show thing. It's not. This is you got to be eyes inside. You've got to be a voice. You don't need your Trump hat. You don't need your Trump uh, uh, shirt. You need to get your uh, glasses cleaned and get in there and be paying attention to what's going on and be a voice for what's happening. There'll be tons of people who will be ready to listen to you when you say, hey, what about this? But we need you in there to raise your voice and to have your eyes on the inside. So those are the three steps. Go to True the Vote. Org. I just can't tell you enough. It's a different kind of election. Going to be all kinds of distractions between now and then, uh, all kinds of uh, coverage, news coverage and chaos. Put your head down, plan to vote, and more importantly, plan to go out and map your way to being a poll worker, a poll watcher, to being inside with the eyes inside. You know, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm I'm uh, feeling. And that's what everybody that's smart uh, is telling me we've got to do this time. So I hope you'll consider doing that. I think it's a big, um, very big, big election. Um, and uh, this is a big way for us to change the dynamic. There's a lot of things you can't change. Candidates have money. They're going to spend it certain ways. CNN, Fox, they're going to approach things certain ways, debates. A lot of things we can't change. But one of the things we can change in this case is to get focused on what's happening and the way we can be participating. This is a way. TrueTheVote.org. Check it out. Thank you, as always, to our great fearless technical director, Noah, who keeps us going and keeps me in line. Joanna for helping book the guests. And we'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget, Eagle Countdown. Also, EagleCountdown.com. Back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you tomorrow.